how we're feeling this Sunday morning up and about at church. My name's Michelle, if we haven't met. So nice to gather together this morning. And this morning as we kick off, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun um, with this clip that has been on YouTube. It's probably pretty well known for some of us, not maybe all of us. Um, but it is a clip and a sound that polarises people. You either hear one thing or you hear the other thing. Um, so, yeah, Mon was doing some research with me this week. So, it's good to, you know, bring the young ones in on the uh, message prep. It really helps me across all generations. But this morning as we do that, this might be familiar to you. It is, um, you'll either hear the word Laurel or you'll hear Yanny. So, we're going to take a moment. We're going to play that and then I'm going to come back. Laurel. 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 Laurel, 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 Laurel. Okay, so now we're going to find out. So who heard Laurel? Who heard Yanny? All you people got it wrong. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, again, show of hands, Laurel. Okay, I did this test. That's good, Paris. You've also raised your hands because you're really going to bring the numbers down in age bracket. Because at first I thought maybe it's got something to do with, you know, age. And, but apparently it's got to do with the frequencies and, you know, the higher frequency um, ears would tune into Yanni, the other one down to Laurel. That's how it's some, something like that. That was 30 seconds worth of um, probably a long amount of history and research into that. But what is really interesting, now you, like myself, you may also have um, kids where you'll ask them to go and feed the dog and what they hear, it's time to play PlayStation. Does anyone else have this? This frequency gets muddled up in their head and, oh yeah, PlayStation, that's right, back at it for another 12 hours um, or however that goes. Um, but yeah, so what I did find really interesting this morning that um, as was, I was listening to that, it's funny how we can all listen to something, yet we hear something different. And this morning as we open up the word, um, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and um, he's speaking to them, they're really hard of hearing and they're not getting it. So he's talking about this parable and if you're new to church and you don't understand what a, a parable is, just a story that Jesus is trying to communicate a message to these people, they're, they're not getting it so he reiterates it again. But we're going to open that up, we're going to read it but with a bit of context to that. The setting off this story of what Jesus tells these um, Pharisees is one that is placed in a little Jewish village and he's talking about a shepherd that leads sheep and um, with that the context of what a shepherd would do in the time is that there'll be villages and they'll have all these little villages and they'll have their homes and they'll have a couple of sheep we don't have sheep, maybe some have sheep here, but I don't have sheep, um, but they all have like maybe a couple of sheep, so it's not worth their while to each one of those households to be able to have a shepherd. So what they do, they have a shepherd that is either a son or a couple of daughters that are a part of that village that go around to each door and the doorkeeper will open the door to the shepherd, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice and they follow the shepherd. So we're going to pick it up, we're going to, that's a bit of a backdrop, the context of where Jesus is speaking to these Pharisees. And we are, where are we? Do a little Dean G sip of water. He's flying home, he's back tomorrow. Dean and Lisa, he's excited for this. 
I'm excited. He'll be coming back all pumped, ready for Imagine Conference. Got some amazing word, I'm sure. A little water. That's what Dean G does. Just in case anyone's missing him, I am. Okay, verse 1, chapter 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand what, they, what he was telling them. And as we pick that up this morning, as, you know, who doesn't have sheep in their house? <laughs> Probably should have said, who does? <laughs> you know, if Peter Mackay was here, he would be raising his hand. Has he got sheep? He's got alpacas or something. Um, but anyhow, we don't, all of us have sheep. And so this, this story for us today, what does that look like? There is a voice, and what um, Jesus is talking about here is this true shepherd's voice and this false shepherd's voice. And so then as I bring that into context for us this morning, that each one of us, we hear, as we did earlier on today, we all listen to the same thing, but sometimes it sounds differently to us. And in our days and in our walk of faith and journey, as Jesus has called us, or maybe you're here and you're like, who is Jesus? I'm just here and I'm just like working this whole faith thing out. What we recognize is that for us to follow the true shepherd is to stay the path of him calling us. But what does happen at times, and um, I've certainly struggled with this, you may have as well, is that there are these voices that are conflicting to the voice of the true shepherd. If we call that the voice of the false shepherd, the stranger, the one the sheep doesn't recognize, the one that the sheep will turn away and run away from because he, they don't recognize that voice, that for each one of us here this morning, that we will maybe have something along these lines that we may hear a voice of saying, you're not enough. Oh, you got it wrong. You messed up. Oh, maybe that, you know, you feel like you don't fit in at True North. Maybe you're not nearly as good looking enough as Riley Turner. You know, <laughs> all, these <laughs> all these struggles, all these voices that will lessen who we are. They're voices that can sometimes play over and over and over in our heads that will distract us from the voice of the true shepherd. The voice that calls us to bigger, greater things, a, a voice that keeps us on a path that brings life to us. But there is this voice that will come, this voice of the false shepherd that would want to limit us, that will want us hold us back, this voice of the shepherd that um, says all this stuff to us that we would... We, we sometimes believe and entertain those thoughts where we do maybe think, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't fit in at True North. Maybe they don't like me. That pastor didn't say hello to me, never says hello to me. It was probably Riley, not me. Um, <laughs> quite the opposite. He is the friend. I am going to miss my Riley, I must say. He is the friendliest guy around. 
But then all these thoughts that if we entertain, if we too much, put too much emphasis on it, it takes us away from the path of which we're meant to be walking. So this false shepherd, this false voice, this voice that would distract and tell us that we are not good enough. You know, that, that praise point of mental health is so massive in the midst of us. These, these things that will lessen us, isolate us, keep us captive, is this voice of the false shepherd that will speak all this stuff over our life. That will rob, that will steal, that will take away from who we are to make us feel less of ourselves. And, there is, and then there is also the voice of that true shepherd. The true shepherd that says you are enough. That I have created you. How beautiful that they sung that song <laughs> leading into this message. That I have created you, that I have designed you, that I have sculpted you, that I have um, the potter with the potter's hand designed you just as you are. That Tyler, you have everything you need to be Tyler. That you have everything you need to be who you are. That you have everything to be who God is calling you to be. He doesn't call us to be anyone but ourselves. So often we get distracted by how amazingly good looking Riley is. I was like, but I'm not that good looking. But to know the voice of the true shepherd, the voice of the true shepherd who says that you are more than enough, that the plans, that the purposes, that what I've designed you for cannot be accomplished by anyone else but yourself. And that goes for every single one of us here today. No matter how far on that journey of discovering who Jesus is for us, that we may be the very start, you've walked in here for the very first time, or you may be here for, and you've been journeying with God for 60 years. It is true to ourselves that God has things in front of us that have yet come to pass that he has plans and purpose for us. So as I was thinking off that, I'm thinking, well, does anyone struggle with, you know, those voices that say, that come in and that distract us from the voice of God? Show of hands. Do we have this going on? Good. This is for us. So as I was thinking off this, and I was thinking, well, if that true shepherd is calling us this way, and then there's these voices that will compete and conflict with what God is saying, well, how do we combat that voice that would distract us from what God is calling us to. So I thought I'd glean from a two-year-old in a toddler stage of life. You may be in that zone, you may have kids of that age, or like myself, you may have a six-foot-seven giant who has been through that stage. Um, but either, either one of us has probably been a few of us that have experienced a child of that age. And as I was thinking about a two-year-old, and I was thinking about when they have something in their mind and they're determined to do it, there is no telling them otherwise, right? There is no telling them that that's not going to happen. So in their little heads, they're like, yeah, I'm all about this one thing. And if you tell them then, it's time for bed or it's time to eat your veggies or it's time to finish his dinner, and they're overtired, and they've had a great day, and they're melting down, what is the word that they will tell you back? No. <laughs> Very fervently, they will tell you no. And I think that's something that we've got to grab hold of. 
if we are to stick to the path and the, the, the truth of what God is calling us to, sometimes we've got to get a resolve in us to say no. That where we are to bring captive the thoughts of what may come at us and bring them in the light of what God says and say no. When that voice comes to say that you are not worthy, no, God says when the voice comes to you and say, you don't fit in, no, God says. That captivating those voices, putting them in a box and then giving them to God to say no. That is a voice that I will not follow, that I will not entertain, that this is the path, this is what God says to me and this is where I'm going. Where these voices will distract us and try to keep us isolated try to keep us held back, try to keep us from the path and the freedom of what God has in store for us. But what does it look like to muster up some two-year-old toddler fervency and say no, no to those thoughts that come, to hold them captive and say no, to be able to dismiss those things, that voice that is not worth following, it is not worth following. It will hold you back. It will keep you from the plans and the purposes and the freedom of what God has for your life. And so for each one of us, there are other things where we can say no to. That in this morning, as we look at the rainy weather and Riley's getting all ready for that and that's going to be the norm for you in London, um, all these kind of things, where the Bible also says about the importance of not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. What does that look like for us weekly? And we've all made that choice this morning to say no to the comfort of the warm bed when it's trickling outside and raining. It's the ideal time to stay in bed, right? It's good. But no. But each and every week, what does it look like to be able to come into this place to say, God, as I start my week, as I come to encounter you, not for what I get, but to give you glory and to give you praise and to give you honour in my life, that I'm going to say no to the comfort of sleeping in. I'm going to say no to that brunch. I'm going to say no to those things. To be able to place myself in a community of believers where the Spirit is at work, where, God, I get to encounter you and I get to encourage someone else. That that requires a little saying no to some stuff, to be able to place ourselves in the place where God will speak to us, where God changes us, where worship is sung over us when we can't even have the words to sing ourselves, where it drops stuff over our lives. But it takes some saying no to some stuff to be able to place us in this place of community week in, week out, to encounter God to be able to hear what he would say to us, but also to encourage one another when you buy them that coffee, um, to be able to do that. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to buy someone a coffee. I don't know who yet. Um, oh, yeah. Um, these girls. Name's gone from me. But as we, go, as we go into this next section of the scripture, um, the context changes a slight bit. So now we're... Um, the 
shepherd went in and went and gathered all the sheep from all the little villages and all the little places. Now he's got the sheep and he's going to go out in the countryside. He's going to take the sheep with him and sometimes to be able to do that on the summer days, he takes the sheep out. It is good grazing, I'm gathering. <laughs> I just made that up. I've got no idea. Oh, I'm guessing yes. And so they'll sleep overnight in the countryside. And so what the, the picture of this is, so they go out in the countryside, they've got this little bricked, I had a picture but it wasn't very good quality so we can't play it. Um, there's this little courtyard, this round courtyard with a doorway. There is no door on it. The shepherd himself lays in front of the doorway. And that with this point that, and this illustration that, that this shepherd is going to protect the sheep. That there is no wild animal, there is no thing that can come in that won't get past this shepherd. And that the shepherd will protect his sheep in that space. There's about six and a half foot high walls around them. And you see this picture now of the, they're out in this countryside, the shepherd's out there laying across that doorway to protect the sheep. That there will be none that come in and destroy the, the sheep. And so in verse 7 it says, Therefore Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. So this is one of Jesus's I am statements. Over here it says gate, but it's actually door. Um, the NIV translated it as day, uh, gate, but it's an I am statement. Jesus is saying, I am the door that shepherd that lies in front, the shepherd that protects, that there will be no harm that comes to their sheep. Jesus is saying, I am the gate. And I've lost my spot. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, another I am. I am, the, yeah, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. There's no commitment there. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who had heard this, these words were again divided. Many of them said, is he a demon possessed and raving mad? Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And what they're referring to there is the um, previous um, scriptures before that, that Jesus had, um, had um, performed that miracle and opened the eyes of the blind there. So then as we see here, this idea of this false shepherd and this true shepherd, 
what I, what I see in the, in the schemes and, the, and the, the idea of this false shepherd is that the things that he presents to us, when we take a step a little bit removed from it, sometimes we can entertain those thoughts, but then as we take a step back, I see it as either a lasting effect or a vaporizing effect. And many of those thoughts that I listen to that will distract me from what the plans and purposes of God says to me are things that actually fizzle out to nothing. That actually when I recognize and I step back and I take captive those thoughts and push them away, they have no grip or no hold on me. They go to nothing. There is this idea that they're only just things that will try to trip us up but actually, when we recognize it, when we shut it down, it has no effect on us. And likewise, as we're um, moving through where I see the lives that we live out, and we recognize the life that we have been given, the breath that we have in our lungs, is so temporary. It is so temporary in the scheme of eternity that this idea of the good shepherd who lays down his life for each one of us is a lasting call for every one of us. That Jesus says that I will lay my life down, that I will go to the cross, I will die and I will raise again, that you would have life and life to the full. That you would have life and life to the full. We mess up, we all have pasts, we all have got a story. But what Jesus says here, as he calls us sheep, there is these contending these conflicting voices of the voice that will, take, will last and will have this lasting effect beyond this lifetime. Our bodies will fade away, but we will live for eternity. Or this vaporizing, this effect of these things that, you know, all kinds of things that will come our way that are glossy, shiny, and are great for this time here on earth. But it all just fades away. That, you know, one day our days, we don't know our days, how long we've got. But it'll all come to end. It'll be done. But that voice of the true shepherd, the one who calls each and every one of us, has this lasting effect on our lives. That for every single one of us, that we have this decision to make. That decision to, fo to follow the true shepherd, a decision to go and choose the one who says, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have your life together. But what I ask you and what I believe we're asking some today this morning is to say, will you follow me? Just take that step to say, the true shepherd Jesus sees and knows every single one of us in this place this morning. Some not even knowing what it's about. Some being many, many years on following and loving Jesus. And that this morning as we wrap it up, I'm going to ask if every eye would close, I'd like the band up as well. And I want to give you that invitation this morning. And I believe Jesus is calling some of us this morning. For the very first time, maybe you've heard this message of someone who loves you 
no matter what. And you want to explore that idea of actually, who is it? What is this faith journey about? What is this business of following this shepherd and hearing his voice? You may be feeling a bit of a pitter-patter or a a bit of an emotion this morning. And what that is, is the Holy Spirit speaking and the Holy Spirit calling. So while every eye is closed and bowed, your heads are bowed, I'm going to offer that invitation to you this morning to say that Jesus has laid down his life for you. And he is calling you this morning. And I'd ask that if that is you and you're sensing that is for you, just lift up your hand. We're going to lift it up. That's good. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If that's you and you're feeling the pitter-patter, you're feeling that God is saying something to you, this is a moment where God's saying, your whole life changes around. A life that is full, that is abundant. You won't have it all together. There'll still be trials that we face. But he says, the difference is, I'll be right with you. Never to leave you, never to forsake you. If there's anyone else, I'll give you another opportunity. Raise your hand if you want to follow him. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's pray for them. Heavenly Father, you see every single one. And in this moment, heaven rejoices at the thought of someone responding to you. That heaven sings and is joyful at the fact that someone's responded to you. So for every person that has responded to the call and the voice of the true shepherd, the one that lays down his life for them, that heavenly Father, we pray that in this moment, that Lord God, as heaven sings over their lives, that as every single one of us cheer at the thought and the the excitement of a decision made, that Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be upon them, that Lord, that you would open their ears, their hearts, their souls, Lord God, to the voice of the true shepherd, that they would hear you in the smallest of whisper. Lord God, that would profoundly change the way they walk. That Lord, that they would know that the true shepherd is calling them in Jesus' name. And for everyone else, I also like to um, offer, if you'd like, prayer. And maybe that is someone here where there has been that voice of the, that, that false shepherd that maybe we've given too much weight to. Maybe you've been listening and paying attention too much to the voice that would distract, the voice that would sidetrack us, the voice that would keep us off the path of where God's perfect plan and purposes are. If there's anyone in that, I just ask you to stand up. We're going to pray. You're like, God, I want to tune my voice, my ears to your voice. I want to follow after you. The voice that says you'll have freedom to go in and go out, that you'll I'll protect that doorway, that I will speak life over you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person standing, that, Lord, that their ears would be tuned into heaven, that, Lord, that the voice of the Father would be 
just so magnified in their life. That, Lord, that you would show them that they would recognise this false voice, this false shepherd that would call and distract. And, Lord, that they would just throw it out. And that, Lord, that your voice would be heard, would be magnified, would draw them, would call them, would move them. Lord, that the best is yet to come. There is more, Lord. There is more of what you're speaking upon their lives. So, Jesus, we thank you this morning for the lives that are attentive to you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Who's ready to praise and worship? Come on. Let's stand on.